Today's uh, scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 3, page 967. Matthew chapter 3, page 967. John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who spoke of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the river Jordan. But when he saw many of these Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of wipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham and our Father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe has been laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering this wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire, the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me, and do come to me. Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Thank you.
Thank you, David. By the way, rather than having um, one talk at the end of the service, we're going to have one talk in three parts. Um, so here's the first one. Let's meet John the Baptist. John the Baptist, where are you? You're around somewhere. Excellent. John, come up here. Wonderful. You might need, uh, you might need this. Great. Now, John the Baptist was a, a kind of a strange man. He lived in the desert, and he wore clothes made out of camel skin. There you go, which, um, camel's hair, which sounds kind of itchy. Is it itchy? Yeah. A little bit itchy. And uh, I don't know if anyone was listening to the reading. Did you catch what John's favorite meal was? Shout it out. Locusts and wild... wild yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I don't have one of those things. And the thing I don't have is honey. Sun-dried tomato and basil... Crickets. Close enough. Um, hold, hold on to it. Don't eat it just yet. Um, anyone from the band? Fancy one? I hope, you, I hope you got some water. Go on. <laughs> I'll have one as well. Ready? Three, two, one. Why do you like them? Delicious, really. <laughs> Would you like some water? <laughs> there you go. They're just they're okay, they're just quite hard to chew. Hmm. Intriguing. Well, um John, you're uh, you're in the uh, you're in the desert, you've come to the river, river Jordan and you're preaching a message to all the people gathered there. What is, your, what is your message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Excellent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Brilliant. Let's give John a round of applause. Thank you very much, Lorcan. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Do you think we can all say that together? I'll say it one more time and then you can repeat after me. This is, I'll say it. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Three, two, one. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, John was also baptizing people as a sign of their repentance. But what does it mean to repent? How can we repent today? I need two people to come and help me illustrate what repentance is all about. Um, let's have one there. Josh, excellent. Come up here. And maybe one more. One more. Per- I promise you won't have to. Sophie, excellent. Brilliant. Up here. Wonderful. There's no crickets to eat on this one. Instead, what I've got are two horses. Here's your horse. Here's your horse. And what I would like you to do is, Josh, if you... Put your horse down at the top of that row. And if, Sophie, you do the same, put your horse down at the top of that row. What I'd like you to do is ride your horse as fast as you can all the way to the end of the row. And then I would like you to turn around and come back as fast as you can. Okay? So mount your horses. Ready? Steady? Go! Turn around, come back. Turn around, come back. Turn around, come back. 
Keep going. <laughs> well done, well done, well done. Very good. Good job. You two can go back to your seats brilliantly. Well done. Turn around. Come back. That's what it means to repent. Turn around. Come back. Um, if God is up here, then all of us... Oh, sorry, we can click on one slide. This is the, uh, the first one. Just repent. Um, if God is up here, then all of us are running away from him. In school and at work, at nursery or at home, we say wrong words and we think wrong thoughts. We do what we shouldn't do and we don't do what we should do. Um, we're all going the wrong way. So turn around, come back. And I'm sure there are many nice, really kind people here today. We all need to turn around and come back as well. Um, we run away from God too. We ignore his good rules. We think we're in charge. We forget to say thank you. We forget to ask for God's help. Um, and so we're all going the wrong way too. We all need to turn around and come back. And of course, there are, there are youth leaders, there are ministers, there are experienced Christians who've been faithful for an awful long time. We run away from God as well. We neglect the gentleness of Jesus. We get tired battling against sin. We lose our love for the gospel. And so we all need to turn around and come back. Repenting doesn't mean you suddenly become completely obedient straight away. It doesn't mean promising that you'll be perfect for the rest of your life. None of us could possibly do that. It means a change of direction away from sin and towards the mercy of God. So when all those crowds heard that message of, uh, of John, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near, what did they do? Verse 6, they confessed their sins. They confessed their sins. That means they admitted to God that they were in the wrong. That means no excuses, no blaming other people. They admitted that they'd been running away from God and they asked for him to forgive them. So how can we repent? Turn around and confess your sin. Come back to God and ask for his forgiveness. Well done, everybody. Who can remember? What did John the Baptist say to all the people? Repent. repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And what does repent mean? Turn around, come back. Turn around, come back. The message of verses 7 to 10 is very similar. Really repent. Don't pretend repent. Really repent. Imagine being John the Baptist in this moment. You're stood up to your waist in the River Jordan, and uh, you're baptizing all these people who've turned around and confessed their sin. And you can see on the bank of the river, there are even more people returning to God. An amazing sight. But then you notice another group of people that don't quite seem to fit in. Maybe they've um, got their arms crossed and they're looking a bit grumpy. Maybe they're wearing a kind of disguise, just trying to fit in. Who are they? These are the Pharisees and Sadducees. And do you know what John calls them? You bunch of snakes! You fruitless trees! Wow. Why did John call them names? They're in the crowd, just like everyone else. Maybe they'd come to repent too. Maybe they also wanted to turn towards God. But 
here's my impression of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you know what? Everyone should really turn around and walk back to God. Everyone needs to repent. We are so, so good. We are always turning around and walking back to God. Everyone else, I don't know why you don't repent. I don't know why you don't turn back to God. I'm just going to keep on going this way and maybe I'll get locked outside. Back. That's the scribes and the Pharisees. You see, if you, if you listen to their words, they sounded like people who were genuinely repenting. If you listen to what they said, it sounded like they actually loved God and that they were turning back to him. But when you watch their actions, they were quite different. In fact, they were full of pride. In fact, they were walking further away from God than anybody else. And so, John tells them in verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, this, I'm told, is a genuine, healthy repentance tree. Boys and girls, does this look like a healthy repentance tree to you? Maybe not. Well, we'll see. Um, If this was an apple tree, what would I hope would grow on the apple tree? Apples. If this was a plum tree, what would I hope to find on my plum tree? Plums, of course. And if this is a real repentance tree, then I would hope to find real fruit Oh, almost got knocked over of repentance. I'd hope to find fruit like confessing sin to God. I'd hope to find fruit like loving God. I'd hope to find fruit like turning away from sin. But let's see. Ah, no fruit. Now, what do you think I'd do if um, one day I I went out to the tree in my garden and um, hoping to find fruit? I've got my basket ready to fill it up with nice, tasty, repentance fruit, but I find nothing there. What do you think I might do? Yeah, well, I might try and look after it better. I might try and give it some water. I might try and dig the soil, give it some nice, rich soil around it. I might even give it a bit of a prune to try and make it a bit more healthy. And imagine I do that for a whole year, and then I come back again. And I'm, again, I've got my basket, I'm I'm there, I'm ready, I want my repentance fruit. I get out there, and ah, again, oh no, no fruit. Now imagine for 10 years, this goes on and on and on. And every year I go out waiting to find fruit. Oh no, no fruit. Every year I water it. Every year I give it good, rich soil and a bit of a prune as well. And still I find no fruit. Do you know what I'm going to do at that point? I'm going to give up. I'm going to use it as firewood. And that is the terrible warning that John gives to the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, they were just pretend repenters. And so to the pretend repenters, John says, the axe has been laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. If they never really repent, they will face the fiery judgment of God. So, let's not be pretend repenters. Today, that's quite a hard word to say, actually, pretend repenters. If um, today a pretend repenter might think they're fine just because they're part of a Christian family, 
Today, a pretend repenter might talk about Jesus in church, but never talk to him in prayer during the week. Today, a pretend repenter might enjoy hearing positive sermons, but never put any of them into practice. If that's us, we need to hear the warning in, these, in this Bible passage. Pretend repenters are in danger of being cut down and thrown into the fire. So, let's really repent. If you really turn around and come back to God, there will be evidence. If you are a genuine repentance tree, unlike this one, you will see the good fruit that proves it. Fruit like confessing sin again and again. Fruit like loving God. Fruit like struggling against sin. Fruit like trying to do what he says. If we really repent, then we have nothing to be afraid of. What did John the Baptist say to all the people? Well done. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And uh, in a really big, loud voice, what does repent mean? Well done. Now, John has just given a really terrible warning to the pretend repenters. And before he was finished with them, he said that he wasn't going to be the one to chop them down and throw them into the fire. Rather, another person, even greater than him, would come along to deal with them. It would be this greater person who would come with fiery judgments. And John even talks about coming wrath and burning with unquenchable fire. And then, verse 13 begins, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan. And if we've been listening properly to John, we're scared. This is God coming back to his sinful people. This is the Lord returning to people who've been running away from him. Oh no, what's he going to do? However, instead of coming with fire, Jesus gets into the water with the sinners. If you have a bath after you've been playing outside in the mud, what does the water look like? It's pretty gross, isn't it? It's pretty awful. Well, imagine after all these people have come to the River Jordan to wash their sins away, imagine how bad that water would have been. This water has been full of liars. This water has been full of cheats. This water has been full of murderers. Imagine what that must have been like. But Jesus gets in anyway. He hasn't come to judge them yet. He's come to join them. John sees Jesus coming to be baptized, and and John says, no way, I'm not going to baptize you, you should be the one baptizing me. But Jesus says, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. You see, if we had a harsh God, then the righteous thing to do might be to judge all those sinners straight away. But because we have a God who is rich in mercy... The righteous thing for Jesus to do was to get down into that mucky water with all the sinners as one of us. He himself had no sins to repent of. He had no sins to repent of himself, but he was baptized in order to say, I'm with them and they're with me. Through the whole of his perfect life, he was saying, I'm with them and they're with me. And especially in his death on the cross, he was saying, I'm with them, they're with me. Every time somebody repents, Jesus says, I'm with them, and they are with me. Um, Let me illustrate what I mean with this. 
Kids, I think you've all got, as well as your notes, a spare piece of paper. Um, if you don't, you can, you can use your notes. What I'd love you to do is use one of the pencils and scribble all over that piece of paper. And that big scribble is going to represent your sin. So do a nice big scribble for me. Well done, I'll give you a couple moments to do that. When you've done that nice big scribble, what I'd like you to do is come to the front of the stage here and hold that scribble out in your hands. And that's going to be a picture of what it's like when somebody turns around and confesses their sin to God. So come up to the front just here, hold it out in your hands. Just wait there for the others to arrive as well. Just at the bottom of the stage, this is great. Well done. This passage wonderfully teaches us that when we repent, when we turn back to God and confess our sins, Jesus comes with us. Jesus joins us and he says, I'll take that sin. 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 Jesus takes it all and he says, I'm with them and they're with me. Every time someone repents, Jesus comes with them. Well done, boys and girls. You can go and sit down. He has come near, not in judgment, but in mercy and grace. He takes away our sin. He says, I'm with them and they're with me. So everyone who repents will be welcomed in by God the Father. Everyone have a think about this. Whatever age you are, have a think about this because it's really important. What is God's first thought when he sees you? What is God's first thought when he sees you? I wonder how you'd answer that question. Would you, do you think he'd say disappointment? Do you think he'd say liar? Do you think he'd say sinner? Not at all. If you repent, if you are with Jesus, then God's first thought when he sees you is exactly the words of verse 17. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my daughter whom I love. With her I am well pleased. If you haven't repented before, now is the time. If, you know, now is also a great time to repent for the hundred thousandth time. 